Featuring more disappointment than three Minnesota teams losing to the mass holes in the Frozen Four. It's season four of Grease in the Crease. Now here are your hosts, Anders, Mike, and Willie. Welcome back to Grease in the Crease for a very special crossover event. Grease in the Crease is brought to you by Dollar Dome Dogs. Great price, great taste, terrible venue. False. Don't shake your head. The Metrodome sucked. The Metrodome was the worst place to watch any kind of sporting event of all time. Defend it. Shut your lips. Getting blown <laughs> out of there was, was, was always a thrill, though. It was yeah. awful. You it gave me vertigo every time I was in there. You can't appreciate getting sucked in and pushed out with your college career. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Everyone has good memories from there. It wasn't an it wasn't Wrigley Field when you're going there, but it was good memories. I don't know. It, it, it was what it was. Yeah. Fair. The only thing colder than the beer is the game being played on ice. Here's another edition of Games and Growler. Willie, Wednesdays, college night, dollar dogs, like $5 tickets in left field. I don't care how good the venue was at the time because that was cheap, good, mm-hmm. old-fashioned fun. So you can take your St. Cloud State Husky stuff and not be able to just trot on down to the games and shove it. But um, speaking of shoving, um, shoved a lot of beers in the sampler pack. I love sampler packs. And uh this one is the Hoppy Sampler Pack from my, one of my favorite breweries that I still have never been anywhere close to, uh, much like the upper deck and the field. We we're not really even close to the field in those college nights. Uh, Sierra Nevada out of Chico, California. Uh, two beers I've never tried before in this bad boy. Today I'm trying the Dankful IPA, which is a traditional West Coast style IPA, which is very heavy on the hops. And for those of you that don't know, hops, the hops closest genetic relative is marijuana so a lot of times in the beer geeks will refer to a very hoppy beer as dank or danky and that's what this dankful ipa definitely is uh it has some rye malt in it which i typically love rye malt but the hops are just way overpowering on this one 7.4 percent alcohol 55 ivy is actually pretty low on the bitterness side because they save all the hops for the end uh which basically just leaves a all the vegetal and dankness behind, but it's super good and quite powerful. Willie, you'd really like this one. Sierra Nevada, thankful IPA. Uh, on the game side, I'm going to start with some bad news. Team USA knocked out of the first round by Slovakia in the shootout of the men's Olympics. Uh, this is exactly why you don't allow any St. Cloud State Husky anywhere near your team because more times than not, they're going to work their way up to the number one overall seed and they proceed to lose in the first round. Willie was defending this this today, this earlier today in our check in our text chat. Be like, oh no, I love the one and done. I'm like, yeah, because you're always one and done, Willie. So we'll just leave it at that. College games, two big headlines over the past week. The first is very near and dear to my heart, and the Golden Gophers going to Columbus and taking both games against the Buckeyes. That propelled Michigan to the top of the standings in the Big Ten Conference with the Gophers just a few points behind them. Uh, Gophers all the way up to fifth in the pairwise after that sweep. 
Ohio State drops number third in the conference, and they finish their season with Michigan, the regular season, I should say, with Michigan this weekend. The other big headline was Boston University not only beating Providence on Thursday, but also winning the Beanpot tournament on Monday, uh, defeating Northeastern on a late third-period goal to win one nothing. That jumps Boston University up to the good side of the bubble, sitting at 14th in the pairwise now. So on a hot streak are the Terriers. Michigan Tech didn't help their case for an at-large bid by splitting with Bowling Green, which dropped Michigan Tech down to 10th in the pairwise. So they're still safe with two weekends left before their conference tournament starts for the CCHA. Finally, some NCHC action. Saw Denver finally lose at home for the first time this season against the Bulldogs and their split out in the mountains, while St. Cloud State finally won a game in regulation after their very long, cold streak, uh, defeating Western Michigan on Saturday after skidding to a tie on Friday. But more importantly, I gained ground on you fellers. I'm up at 61 points in the Pickums. Willie at 55, Anders at 54. PD or 10 back from me at 51. Speedy delivery. It's time to dig into the mailbag. All right. You can email your questions at gitcpod at gmail.com. Um, no new questions this week, but we're going to circle back to an old one. Our uh, longtime listener last week wanted to know, uh, you know, mentioned that there's a lot of great nicknames in the NHL, but why not in the college hockey? So our homework assignment we assigned ourselves this week was to come up with some nicknames of current, former uh, hockey players or coaches. And uh, guys, let's hear what you came up with this week. So- really, do you want to start? Yeah, I'll start. Uh, first of all, you got to give another shout out to VD one topping Mietnin from uh, buying me the pizza a couple weeks ago. But the one that I came up with, and I struggled with this a little bit, but Air Force has a goalie. And this nickname would be more appropriate around the holidays. Um, and especially if you just watched National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. But Air Force's goalie, number one, Guy the Blessing is what I'm, <laughs> is what I'm going with. Mike Anders, do you guys do your homework or uh, do I need to come up with the list that I came up with? Oh, I did plenty of homework this one. Uh, we could probably call you Professor Petey for assigning us homework. Um, but I like Ricky Bobby Brink, Bobby Brink of Denver, who's shaking and baking all over the ice with 34 assists on the season so far. And uh, honorable mention for me is perennial man of the year Motsko. Right, Willie? Fuck that guy. Yeah. I took the second part of it and i came up with nicknames for all of you fools so Ooh, so did i but i want to hear yours first if you will appreciate my michael scott explanation of how i got to these nicknames but mike i'll start with you your name is grizzly because you brew beer beer goes in growlers bears growl battlestar <laughs> galactica yep <laughs> pd your name is a little bit easier to get to but i'm calling you tapes because we send you the recordings and you put them on tapes and then put them in the the cloud where where people uh, listen to them. Or the tapes. Willie calling you breadstick because one, it used to be fat and (laughs) kind of like a fluffy bread in the middle, kind of like a long cinderella bread kind of thing. And the fluffy bed reminded me of your fluffy takes and horrible trivia questions. I'll piggyback sure. off. The, I'll piggyback off of Willie's nickname that I gave him. I'm going to call him Whiny Willie for all of his complaining he does about the Big Ten hockey conference and the coaches leaving him and abandoning him and giving him some sort of abandonment issues and the refereeing against uh, Saint Cloud playing against Big Ten teams and all he does is pick fights on Twitter under ghost accounts. He's just one big whiny little bitch. <laughs> so I kind of look at our group as like a, a living organism. Um, so that's where my nickname came from. 
I've got PD as the brain because he obviously puts everything together. Um, Maggie, who's that with us anymore? But he's always <laughs> he's watching a- out for us. So Maggie's the eyes because he's always watching out for us. Um, well, at least one of them is. <laughs> Anders is the mouth for obvious reasons because he can't shut up. Uh, Mike would be the stomach because of the brewing and the barbecuing and those kind of things. And I think that would make me the ass. And I'm, I'm not just because I have a great one, but uh, for other reasons as well. No, it's because you're half ass. <laughs> and, and, and I was looking through some of the teams and I came up with a few nicknames myself that I'm going to piggyback on some of yours. I had Bobby back up the Brinks truck because he is the leading scorer in the NH or the college hockey. Um, uh, for UMass, there's Bobby Lee Trevigno, depending on how you pronounce that one. I, just, <laughs> yeah. I like that one. I like that one. Um, let's see here. I got, uh, the Western Michigan's goalie is Brandon. What's new bussy cat as it's Brandon bussy or bussy. I guess, uh, however you pronounce that one. Um, on the women's side, there's Clarkson has a defender named Nicole Gosling, obviously the baby goose from, uh, um, and let's yeah. see what else do I have here. And then for uh, Lake state, their goalie is Ethan, uh, is it Lang- Langnager? And I'm like, Oh, it's kind of like Schwarzenegger. So I just called him the terminator. So we'll, uh, we'll go with that. That may get someone fired. It could. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the only other probably, probably so, the best. Well, I'm going to give one more nickname here, Willie, is to Anders because he's a self-described douchebag, and so I think we just got to go flat out douchebag. I was going to go with that, but I, I let that one lay for now. Um, watching the U.S. last night lose to a goalie who from Slovakia had the last name Rebar. Uh, that was a pretty good name uh, for me too. Like how, how are you going to get the fuck by a guy whose name is rebar? All right. So this week we have a special guest. Um, some might call him the pod father. Some might call him a twins. Know-it-all. Um, you might call him a great guy or a decent cousin or a mm-hmm. warroad apologist. Um, all those things apply to this particular person. Uh, my cousin, mm-hmm. Corey Englehart, who got this podcast started basically because uh, four or five years ago, he had a baseball podcast that um, he had run out of guests for. So he invited me on one night to fill time, uh, which sparked the idea. Um, So please welcome Corey. Corey, how's it going? Great, Willie. How about you? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, Welcome to the shit show, as they say. (laughs) I'm glad they they say that. (laughs) So... This week, we're going to say screw it to college hockey. Uh, We are going to go deep dive on all things baseball because it was supposed to be pitchers and catchers reporting, but that's not going to happen under the current labor standards. Well, they still are. Pitchers and catchers are still meeting and still throwing. It's just not 40-man guys, basically, for Major League Baseball. So that's my first question. Uh, Pitchers and catchers are still reporting, but isn't there technically a lockout going on? Yes, that's correct. So anyone that's not on a 40-man roster for Major League Baseball is still reporting and still throwing right now. And I would imagine anyone Major League is still throwing or catching or whatever they do, but it's not at the spring training sites. So if you're a minor leaguer who isn't on a 40-man roster, you're still reporting as you always would have. And they just have to figure out contracts for Major Leaguers, basically. So... So bizarre. So it's like a, it's like a lock in kind of like mm-hmm. here, like yeah. a, like a youth group situation going on. Yeah. That seems like a really bad idea. If you're a guy that doesn't have a contract, why would you be throwing and blowing out your elbow and then having to pay for your own surgery? 
Fair. That's fair. I don't have a good answer for that. Um, I think it's up in the air as far as if you're a guy who is advanced enough to be on a 40-man roster and can know that you will be a part of a major league team at some point, probably in the next calendar year, you want to stay in shape so you're ready to go whenever they can decide that they're agreed on a contract for everybody on a CBA. They don't know when that's going to happen. Um, so that part is up in the air, but for you to stay in shape and be ready to throw, you kind of have to do that on your own. Now, if you're, um, a career double A AA or triple A player, who's ready to start at double A AA or triple A, you have to be ready. And it doesn't really matter what the CBA determines. You have to be ready to go whenever they say we're ready to go kind of. So, so based on how crazy this has gotten to this point i just maybe i'm cynical guy in the room but technically nobody has a contract right now correct like until the cbas agreed to is that how i understand it well every every long-term contract that's been signed like if you're mike trout you're getting paid regardless if you're i don't know i i um if you're Steven Strasburg and you have a long-term contract, it's paid for. Like you don't have to worry about that. But it's it's more the players who have maybe put their time in at Double A AA or Triple A and would be making the majors right now that you you're worrying about it because you don't know when you're going to be paid again next. Um, but yeah, if you're if you're the high-end major league players, the the Mike Trout's, the Juan Soto's, like. You don't have to worry. Like your money's there. It's it's everybody else who was maybe in Double A last year and hoping to make a major league team right now that you're waiting. That's what the big issue is. But no one's getting like paychecks. Yeah. Well, and and minor leaguers weren't getting paid right now anyway. It's it's getting to spring training that people were kind of waiting for money to show up more than anything. Like if you were in low A right last year you weren't getting paid right now regardless. So you're waiting for spring training for the contract to start and to start getting paid again anyway. Are coaching staff locked out or just the 40-man players? Just players. Coaching staffs are all uh, owned by their own teams. So that's different. So Rocco is not worried if you're a Twins fan. Like front office is not worried. You're still getting paid. It's the players that have to go by the contract that Major League Baseball uh, lays out and really like we should say um, the owners at any time could just say let's go by the same agreement we had prior to December 1st or 2nd whatever it was and we'll lift the lockout and you can come back and play it's on the owners to say that and the players can say they like that or they don't but right now the owners lock the players out and that's it so, like, it's up to the owners to say, we'll lift the lockout or we agree to the new terms. But they could lift the lockout at any time and the players could come back and play. And it's up to the owners to say that. So you're more on the beat in this than I think we are. But do you think games are going to get impacted this season because of this? I hope not. And I like that you say more on anything because I like saying more on <laughs> in that way. <laughs> I agree to that. But uh I don't know. I, I, I generally find myself being more optimistic um, in my out view, in my worldview than this, but I, I am expecting 
maybe half a season to be played. I'm expecting that. And if it's more than that, I'll be overjoyed. And if it's, if it is a half a season, uh, that's what I'm expecting. So to go into it, I think expecting more than half a season is, I think, pretty optimistic right now, the way it looks. Um, I hope that's not the case. It's going to really, for long-term historical baseball statistics, it's going to suck to have um, Mike Trout and Juan Soto and Fernando Tatis miss games because the owners want to make more money. I think that sucks. And I I think fans um, are angry about that. And I get why players want to make more. And I get why owners actually want to make what they should. But um, I hope that the players don't have to miss games because of this, I guess, generally, at least for historical standard. So How many many times has this actually led to games not being played? Because you always hear this threat seemingly every handful of years. And I can only remember once or twice that there were actually games canceled because of it and they hadn't settled before the regular season would have started anyway. Yeah. Uh, this is it's this is different now than it ever has been, only in the sense that there wasn't social media in 1994 or in 1980. The last couple of times that strikes really could have canceled games. So I don't know how much owners are following social media, I guess, generally. But players are active on Twitter now and able to voice opinions that they weren't necessarily able to voice in 1994 in the same venue. So it's a little different now in that sense that players can voice what they're thinking about all of this. Are they, are they the same issues rehashed every kind time of, that they're doing it? Kind of. And, and um, yeah, there's some things that still have to be worked out as far as like how much players get paid for how much time they've been in the major leagues. Um, I think owners agree that players should get paid more in their first year, second year, third year than they have been getting paid. That's a new thing. But otherwise, um, I think everybody just wants to not be able to miss games. I think that's generally the, the sense that I've been seeing, and hopefully that's the case. So we'll see. Is it big? Oh, go ahead, Willie. Okay. No. So, well, and like, and like another big issue too, is I, I think like it comes on like the service time, how, you know, the teams are thinking they're holding their top prospects back a month so they can get, get another year of free agency out of them too. I think that's another thing they're trying to fight as well. Yeah. And, and yeah. And something I didn't realize too, was I think it was Chris Bryant. I know that the Cubs were guilty of doing that for him. And I didn't realize, is there actually um, comp- or compensation they were supposed to get if they were to actually win big awards? Yeah, so the service time issue is a big issue, and owners have already come out and said that in their uh, conversations, I guess, over the last couple of months. Owners have said they realize that players should get paid more in their first, second, third year than they have been historically, and that's pretty clear-cut on both sides. Um, it just depends on how much the owners actually want to pay those first, second, third-year players, but holding Chris Bryant back for 14 days in the minor leagues to learn defense doesn't help anybody other than the owners. It certainly hurts Chris Bryant. And they've all said that 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 was the uh, avenue they went because that's what it was allowed at the time. Um, 
if you're an owner and you only have to pay uh, minimum for a, a player that's going to be a star, you're going to pay that. That's just based on the contract. So like Chris Bryant's pissed because he can make more money and the owners want to pay what they only have to so they can make the most money. And uh, for that instance, both sides <laughs> argument made sense based on the rules of the time and, and players just want to make it more fair to the star players that can earn more quickly. Does so, minor does like overall minor league compensation come into this? Because those guys make fucking nothing. So is that yep. part of the agreement or part of the disagreement? That is a lot of the disagreement. So if, if you're a double A player that maybe won't ever make the majors, if you're a good player, so you made double A, that's really hard to do. Um, you might make 15 18,000 a year. And you could certainly make that working at the dollar store for 20 hours a week over the course of the year. It's the same pay. So the minor leaguers at double A who have worked their whole life to be very good at their craft want to be earning maybe what they should compared to other lines of work that work their whole life in their craft. That's all they're saying. So the major league CBA is saying owners have to pay for those players to earn what they maybe should be. If they're putting in 60 hours a week, if you're putting 60 hours a week in any other line of work, you're making more money than those double A players are generally. And that's what the issue is. Does so, that have legs? Like, are they going to, the players going to win on that? Um, there's been some inroads as far as owners saying, yeah, we agree they should make more. I don't think there's been, there's been agreement yet on what that actually looks like. So that's part of it. Is there any insight into the economics of that issue? Because somebody on the other side of the table could easily say it's a double a team. Look at our revenues, look at our payroll. It's not all that unequal. I think that the problem is if all these people were treated as individual businesses, maybe they could pay more. You could have like a St. Paul saints, some independent league paying players, whatever they want to play fair market value. But since it's the owners at the major league teams that are technically writing these checks, I guess the cynic in me would say, why would they pay somebody more than they have to, if they're never going to see them on their major league roster. And that's definitely part of it. Like everything I've read, I'm not sticking up for the poll ads necessarily, but the poll ads are one of the families that are uh, advocating for that change that positive change yeah just throw it out there if you're a pittsburgh pirates fan or you're a colorado rockies fan um your owners are not wanting that to change so it has to be something that all of the owners agree on to a certain amount um and if you're the owner of the colorado rockies you want to do away with all the minor leagues because you are just looking at baseball as making a profit for your own margins so the owners also have to come together and say we the yankees the twins the dodgers the teams that have ownership that want to pay their minor leaguers have to uh change the minds of the angels and rockies and other teams who pirates who historically look at baseball as a way to make money so they're arguing with themselves is saying like the high A, the double A, the triple A players need to pay, pay it a certain amount. And 
20 of the 30 teams agree on that. So the other 10 have to come up basically for the owners to agree on that too. And everything I've seen, the Polad family is uh, very wealthy. One of the most wealthy families in all of sports, if we're coming to a baseball sense, and they are not the problem as far as getting this contract to be agreed to. It's the Colorado Rockies. It's the Pittsburgh Pirates. It's um, about six other teams who, uh, as far as I can tell, look at baseball and making money off of it as if it should be the stock market. And that's something that you're wanting to grow for the future fan base. Do all, do all major league baseball franchises have the same amount of minor league levels to it? Yep. So they're all, so, you know, twins are notoriously good at bringing up players through their farm leagues. So yeah, they would want to pay them more. Are the pirates and the angels, are they just picking off other major leaguers and not using the farm system to that same extent? So that's why they don't care. Well, it's not even bringing up players from minor leagues. It's selling your high draft picks. So you don't have to pay them to trade for basically making money. Kind of like the angels and pirates are two of the worst as far as we'll sell this draft pick. So we don't have to pay 3 million to that draft pick. So then we don't have to pay that money where most other teams twins included, and they are definitely uh, lower half of major league baseball. As far as full salary, the twins are not the Yankees. The twins are not the Dodgers, the Cubs, they're not even mid-market, frankly, but they want to pay their minor leaguers. And the Pirates, Angels, Rockies, these teams who have pull in the voting for Major League Baseball's contract say they don't want to pay any minor leaguers. They would rather probably pay Willie to play left field for some team so they don't have to pay millions of dollars for some other 19-year-old who could be really good someday. That's I would do it. What are, they, what are they offering? That's not a compliment, Willie. They are way. not offering you yeah. uh, what you would want. They are not <laughs> offering uh, food or now. living or anything. One topping pizzas? It seems like no, it's that's him too going. much. Well, that's way too much. For my, for my ability, if they're willing to pay me 10 bucks a week, that's too much. So That's too much. It's yeah. still too much, Willie. For your ability, it's too much. They're not going to pay that. I, I thought I just read this last week too that like the like the minor or like the the minimum salaries for like AAA was like sixteen thousand seven hundred, double A was like twelve seven, and then single A was like ninety seven hundred or something like that. So yeah, yep. just to talk about how low these these salaries are, it's just ridiculous. Well, and it it opens up space for like some real shady shit. Like there, I don't know what this mm-hmm. name is, but there's this stock market bro that is now out there offering minor leaguers deals where he'll cut you a check for whatever hundreds of thousands, maybe in some case, millions of dollars, but then he owns like 10% of your lifetime salary. So I think Tatis is one of the guys he has and Tatis Mm -hmm. is cutting him a check off of that humongous for the rest of his life, because he was at a point where he was poor, making nothing. And this fucking guy comes in as a business and is ripping him off. Mm -hmm. It's prevalent. Two questions here. One, how much does the acrimony or like the two sides entrenched have to do with the last deal that the players perceived as bad from a, a revenue or a, a split perspective? And then they 
in turn went out and hired the guy that they did to lead these negotiations. I'm assuming those two things are not unrelated. Yeah, the last CBA was signed in 2010, 2009, somewhere around there. I don't remember the exact year. It was it was a like it was at least 10 years ago. And uh young players income that they earned um the players that are in their first second third year of major league baseball is about 40 percent less than they earned prior to that deal in in terms of inflation so if you were a young player who debuted in 2005 you made more in your career for the first three years than a player debuting last year did and that's just how that's how the players are looking at it they want to make at least as much as they used to make if not more and that's not a crazy ask it's not like they're asking for millions upon millions um so your second part of your question as far as asking could you repeat the part about the thing with the stuff yeah no, they, <laughs> you said all about the things because yeah. the players viewed that last deal as a, a step backwards from a just economic revenue perspective. I think yeah. they have one of the worst splits between owners and players when it comes to the overall pot of money that they share. It was, it's, it's almost like 60, 40 or something crazy where it's all, all the other leagues. They they're right around that 55, 53 range where they're kind of sure. splitting airs. So they go out and hire what Bruce Meyer, I think the guy's name is, who is this bulldog negotiator, litigator guy who literally is just there to just say no to everything to try to get the better deal, try to get the tables semi back to close. Yeah. Yeah. I, everything I've seen as far as young players earning potential is less than it used to be 10, 12 years ago. Um, I don't know the name Bruce Meyer. I should probably know that more. I don't, I don't know that name, but Tony Clark is the president of the players association and he from all accounts, is good at his job. I wouldn't say he's great at his job, but he's good at his job. And uh, the hope is to have players earn money faster than they have because owners are not paying premium money for players in their 30s anymore. So the players that are in their young 20s who are really driving the sport want to earn what they should. And comparatively what players in their 20s did earn in the 90s and early aughts is that the term um isn't what it is now yeah what the kids are saying nowadays i agree because yeah he he's like a really crazy like work relations attorney and i'm pretty sure i'll have to look it up but i think he was a part of the nhl players association during their last nhl lockout like he, he was brought in for a particular reason and it wasn't to be nice. It was basically just to tell everybody to F off and give us more money. It's it, so he's the ter- the attorney that the owners have brought in, right? That they want the players to work uh, with. He, Tony Clark hired him, I believe. So Tony Clark hired him. I knew they were talking to some uh, federal attorneys as far as being like a broker. Um, I hadn't heard that the players agreed to that yet because um, it, it, Major the League broker players association hired a new chief of negotiator, attorney Bruce Meyer. Okay. The, yeah, the name I heard uh, was somebody that had worked with NHL before, and it didn't work very well last time. So I, I didn't know that name. I apologize. Um, so the last time there was a major work stoppage was 94, correct? 
for mm-hmm. Major League Baseball. Yep. Which brings right. me to one of my questions. And who would you say is the most underrated right-handed bald third baseman in Major League Baseball history? That would most be a under- candidate, Matt Williams. Thank you. There you go. Matt Williams. Attaboy, Petey. Attaboy, Former Cleveland Indian star, you're saying? And Diamondback, I think, at the end there, right? Only yeah. Diamondbacks. I don't remember a time before that. I don't think he played anywhere before Arizona. <laughs> just, if I remember right, just the D backs. <laughs> he got a he got a trophy out there. I think a trophy. So, that's nice. He got a trophy. I want to. I want to. Go ahead. No, I was going to say the other weird thing that's non-revenue related. Don't you find it weird that they've been playing baseball for hundreds of years and they literally just stopped the DH on like Friday of Super Bowl weekend and they're like, <laughs> oh yeah, by the way, that doesn't exist anymore. I'm okay with it. I guess I grew up an American League baseball fan, so I don't, I don't hate that I'm not going to see somebody that can't hit a fastball uh, anymore. I guess I'd rather see somebody who can actually uh, do their position in the lineup. I'm with you on that. I want to switch to some Twins uh, chatter. Um, so the Twins have not had a back-to-back winning season since like 2010. What do well, they need? 2019 and 2020, but yeah. What what do they need to do to get consistency? Uh, before I answer that question, I had one trivia that I lined up for you, Willie. Uh-oh. Um, based on the Hall of Fame voting, this came up. Who was the first pitcher that Junior Ortiz ever got a hit off of in his major league career? Backup catcher from the early 90s Twins. Who was the first pitcher he ever got a hit off of? From the early nineties. Well, he 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 was in the World season. He was in the World season uh, in eighty seven and ninety one. He was their backup catcher when he debuted in nineteen eighty one with Pittsburgh. Kurt Schilling. Kurt Schilling. So he so he debuted in nineteen eighty one with Pittsburgh. Who was the first pitcher he ever got a hit off of? Nolan Ryan. Well, he, so uh, I'll give you a hint. He just made the hall of fame and he used to be a twins pitcher. Just made the hall of fame. Troy Hawkins. Oh, Jim Cott. (laughs) Jim Cott. Yeah. So junior Ortiz's first career hit was off of Jim Cott. I just thought that was interesting. So. Yeah. Yeah. Lovely. I like that trivia. Yeah. So is that your way of saying the twins need some pitching if they're going to be consistent? Uh, yeah, I think that's an easy way of saying it. Yeah. <laughs> but I, 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 I don't know that they need like four starting pitchers. I think they have three right now, if not four, I think they need a good, I think they need to trade for a starter because there's not a lot left on the free agent market. Um, but after that, I, uh, it kind of depends on what is available, really. I think how pitching is viewed, if you're the Twins, is um, newer than what fans maybe saw in the 90s or early 2000s. I think you're going to have a lot of starters or pitchers who go one th- one time through the order or even two times through the order, but aren't necessarily viewed as a, a historical type of rotation, I guess. Like right now, I think they have um, four pitchers who could really go at least one time through an order and be okay. 
And I think their lineup is set to be fine, but I think they need more. I think they really do. I think they need at least one starter who can go at least two times through an order. And sorry, I've had a little bit to drink, so I'm feeling okay. But <laughs> I think they need at least one starter who can go two times through an order and um, and kind of build it around that, really. So does that mean they're going to have like eight quote-unquote starting pitchers who just don't go as long in a game? No, I think you're going to have your regular five-man, six-man rotation. And I think they're going to have three or four relievers who can go at least one time through an order. I think that's how it's going to set up right now. Because if you have Jarrell Cotton and Dylan Bundy, who are your, I think, back of rotation at best pitchers, who can throw sliders and get through a rot- uh, an order one time, I think you build around that and have three or four starters above that who can go one to two times through a lineup. And then you build your build your bullpen after that. So if they need to trade for one starter who can go at least six innings every every game, you need to do that because you don't want to blow your bullpen out all the time. But after that, I think they're set up to make it work, barring health. Do, do you feel the Austin Martin um, they picked him up as a trade chip, or do you think he's part of the future? Like, would he be would he be like the uh, the, a package if they traded to for you know some of the rumors I've read or some of the guys from the A's or the, the Reds I can't remember who their a couple of their yeah. top starters are but like would he be the package or Royce Lewis do you think and like do they like do they have uh, of the two of those two guys I mean who do you think has the brighter future and who would be the one that they'd probably would ship off to try to bring in a frontline starter I think right now they would listen on any player they have because they need to add pitching they do um I don't know if either of those are the ones that teams are reaching out for. It's hard to say. Like if you're the A's, you're wanting to probably add anybody that has never played a major league game. So your contracts are cheaper. If you're the Reds, you probably want to add either outfield or pitching. Um, I look at it as more um, right now. The twins have about five players that could play second or third base, including Donaldson, Arise, Polanco, Jose Miranda and Austin Martin, you could throw in there for at least near opening day. I don't think Royce Lewis is near opening day. I think he needs time with all the injuries he's had. Um, I would personally be okay listening on either Jose Miranda or, or Luis Arise because there's going to be a glut there at the major league level. You can't have Donaldson and Polanco at second base and third base. Um, all the time without because a rise is not an outfielder and he probably shouldn't be playing first base. So like I look at Luis, Luis rise as the most tradable asset for pitching right now. Austin Martin, I think could be a really good player maybe later this year, maybe into 23, but we don't know his position. He can hit from all, all accounts he can hit. He doesn't have the power yet, but maybe he'll get there. He had a hand injury last year, so we think he could hit. And he could be center field. He could be second base. He could be third base. We don't know yet. So it's kind of like he needs time, probably at least a double A, if not triple A, to figure out where he's going to be. Royce Lewis, I think, still could be shortstop, maybe third base, maybe second base, maybe outfield. He hasn't played a meaningful game since September of 19. 
So he needs time on the field too. If anything, I think they're going to trade from their glut of second, third base options. And that probably includes either a rise or Miranda probably because Sano might be traded because the NL needs a DH right now and teams are going to want that. Otherwise, um, Donaldson Polanco are going to be your third base and second base options for the twins. And they only have so many other bench spots. So a rise is a great player. I would listen on him first before I'd listen on Martin and, and Lewis, just because we need minor league time for both of them. That's yeah, very good. Speaking of the minors, who's the prospect that I've never heard of that I should be the most excited about right now? For the twins? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so I, a Keith Law article from The Athletic earlier this week talked about Noah Miller. He was a draft pick from last year. He was their comp round A pick from yeah. Wisconsin. Yep. Yeah. Yep. He was a shortstop from Wisconsin. It sounds like he's going to be a shortstop. Like not every high school kid can come up from being a shortstop and become a shortstop and stay at shortstop. Um, so he's somebody I would be excited to follow probably at low A this year, but maybe uh, going up to high A, maybe to Cedar Rapids, which isn't that far of a drive from St. Paul, if you're listening. Um, and his, uh, his family, his brother is in the majors with Cleveland right now. And he's supposed to be the better prospect than his brother was. So um, I don't think you're talking about like Fernando Tatis level good, but Noah Miller should be maybe in two years, three years should be a shortstop level, major league quality level player. And that's exciting to follow. So I would say that if you're looking at pitching, there's three or four or five options, I would say at least close to the majors or um, further away if you're looking at Chase Petty, who was the first round pick last year. His stuff looks incredible. So it'd be fun to follow um, if there are games to follow, I would imagine. So, yeah. It, there was, um, I'm just getting a, a call in caller. Uh, actually, they're texting in a question. So I'm, I got a question for you. Okay. Um, and they're wondering, have you ever went on a road trip got super stoned on legal weed and then deleted a friend's Netflix account. Are you talking about like two days ago or are you talking about like before, <laughs> before that? Well, uh, they didn't, they didn't have a time frame set out. They, they were, they were just wondering about if you feel any shame about deleting one of your friends who by all accounts was going through a very hard time in uh, his life due to some personal issues and you deleted his entire Netflix account. So uh, my friend who I did delete his Netflix account when I was very stoned about a year ago uh, was not going through a hard time. He was just pissed that I deleted his Netflix account. It was not a hard time. So I should say that. And I apologize to him because I actually saw him on uh, Sunday when we actually did another trip uh, to purchase things. And that was fun. Um, but yeah, if you're... Uh, awake at two in the morning after trying to watch a movie and you're uh, not knowing your surroundings, make sure you just turn the TV off and don't uh, hit delete on a Netflix account because some people are very particular about what they curate for the Netflix account so they can make sure that their interests come to them. 
So good, good life advice right there. Hey, Bradley, if you're listening, I apologize again. And I apologized again on Saturday when I saw you, but uh, I apologize um, for ha- that happening, you know, last year. Gordon, I think this Bradley guy needs to get over it. How hard is it to create a new username and password? Christ. I agree. 30 seconds. Well, so my, my friend Brad, who um, I did delete his Netflix account, uh, had curated his account over about 12 years to make sure that his uh, kids and family never watched his account so he could just like what he liked. And that's okay. And uh, <laughs> me at two in the morning one night thinking I was helping that I should log out of uh, the TV so the Airbnb we were staying at um, didn't save his account information. I accidentally uh, hit delete a couple times without thinking of it. And that was a poor decision. I'll put it that way. (laughs) What's he trying to hide? Like butt stuff or what? No, I've been trying to send him uh, cooking shows and maybe like real, real housewives of something or other. And he doesn't like those for whatever reason. I don't know why I can't explain that. So I apologize. Yeah. Uh, If you have imbibed, and then try to help out a friend by logging out of stuff, you might delete their account and that doesn't go well. I'll put it that way. I just have one last uh, baseball question before I throw it to the rest of the group for their questions. But can you just tell us what your um, favorite job slash internships, internship, easy for me to say, um, position with baseball has been in your life? What was the, what was the most fun? So I, uh, I worked for the St. Paul Saints for a couple of years. Um, I worked community relations for them. I worked for a, a minor league team in Brockton, Massachusetts. I ran their box office for about a season, for a season. And um, I think generally the Saints were the most fun to work with. They were just a fun organization and they, they treat their fans well, treat their staff well. That was the most fun I ever had working in baseball. So no doubt it was a good time. And they didn't delete anyone's Netflix account either, as far as I can tell. Nor so, would they. No. They just stream all <laughs> they just stream all the Bill Murray shit they could find and pack back. Agreed. Uh, why would you not, really? <laughs> if you have Bill Murray stuff, you're gonna tweet it out. That's how yeah, that's what you should do. So <laughs> I agree. But yeah, Bradley, I apologize. Uh, I apologize once more. Because, <laughs> yeah, I'll just say it. If you have uh, been high, don't delete a Netflix account. That's that's my advice to my kids. It's advice to everyone. Really, don't do that. You should not do that. Let's look for the kids right here. Yeah. <laughs> Get out your thinking caps. That is correct. It's time for trivia. Wrong, 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 wrong. All right. So this week we've got another special event. Um, you may remember Stump the Schwab on ESPN years and years and years ago. Um, this game is called Pickle the PD. As we all know, anytime we ask PD a question, baseball, sports related, he gets it. Like if you ask him a batting average from somebody from eight years ago, he's going to get it to within the 10th of a a point so it's uh psycho so we're gonna play pickle the pd this game is gonna happen in four rounds so for a little hockey theme we've got round one which is the first period this particular uh game is gonna be 
Petey and Corey going head to head. And I have the top 10 strikeout leaders from the year 1997. And I would like you to go back and forth until one of you misses. So you can name any of the top 10 from the year 1997 until you miss. And I'm going to start. Is this both leagues? Yes. Okay. And I'm going to start with our guest, Corey. So Corey, whenever you're ready, tell me who was one of the top 10 in strikeouts uh, in 1997. Roger Clemens. Correct. Randy Johnson. Yes. Um, Pedro Martinez. Yes. Kurt Schilling. Yes. Uh, I should say, I'll, I'll stall for you for time for a second. I should say you just named the top four. So okay. the top four are gone. So now we're down to five through 10. How about uh, uh, Kevin Brown? Yes, that's a good one. Um, that that was that's why I had. Um, oh boy. Um, I think he only had one really good big strikeout year, but that would have been the year the Marlins were. Was that Levon Hernandez? Incorrect. Oh, round one goes to Corey. The other ones were John Smoltz. Can I guess? Uh, was Mike Mussina on that list? Mike Mussina was on the list. Yes, he was my next guess. Okay, John Smoltz, Hideo Nomo, David Cohn, and Daryl Kyle rounded out the top 10. All right, I I wouldn't have got the last couple. Yeah, no way. So, all right, so Corey takes the first period. Now we have the second round or the second period and this is the 2001 opening day roster for the minnesota twins it's the twins opening day in 2001 um you can go with actually we'll make this easy i'll go position by position and i'll start again with Corey. Corey, can you tell me who the and we'll go who can get the most because we'll go back and forth so Corey, can you tell me who the starting catcher in 2001 for the Twins was? A.J. Przinsky. That is correct. Petey, can you tell me who the starting first baseman in 2001? I believe Doug Mankiewicz. That is correct. Back to Corey for the starting second baseman. You're probably Luis, Luis Rivas. That is also correct. Petey, who was the starting shortstop? Mr. Triples himself, Christian Guzman. That is correct. Back to, we got, we've got two to two so far. Uh, Corey, back to you for the third baseman. If you get this wrong, there's something wrong, I think. Yeah, I think he had a good first name, Corey Kosky. Corey Kosky was indeed He correct. spelled it wrong, but yeah. <laughs> so now we're going to go to left field and Petey. Um. I can't remember if he was left or right, but if you uh, get if you get one of the outfielders, I'll give you it. I'll, I'll Jack give Jones. One. That is correct. Uh, now to Corey for the center fielder in two thousand and one. Corey Hunter. That is correct. Back to you for right field, PD. Oh boy, this is this is where I was uh, trying to think about who that was. Basically, I could do the entire roster. Um, he was traded for Shailen Stewart. Oh, is it Bobby Kilty? Incorrect. I have Matt Lawton. What? I have oh, Matt, Matt Lawton. Lawton. Was he still there then? That's Jeez. what I have. Okay. That's all. Yeah, Sorry, Lawton. that was my bad. I gave you bad advice. Oh, that's that, that's okay. Yeah, Matt Lawton. Yeah, Matt Lawton seemed like he would have been gone like by like two thousand. Yeah. So for the huh. clincher, Corey, who was the DH in 01? Uh, 
Opening day? You're talking about opening day? Yep. And if you get this wrong, I'm going to let Petey steal if he wants to. Was it Rondell White? Uh, that, that, that's what I was going to say, too. Yeah. That horrific. Was it Matt Lecroy? No. Who was it? I don't remember. It wasn't Lou. No, Lou Ford would have been after that. Um, oh, my God. Keenan uh, Thompson does a great impression of this person on Saturday Night Live. It wasn't Barack Obama. Ruben Sierra. <laughs> it was Big Poppy. Big oh, Poppy. Was... In 2001? Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, that was his last, okay. last year. Crazy. Yeah. Okay. O- opening day. Yep. All right. Four to three. Corey took the second period. Petey, you got a little work to do. Yep. All right. So um, this next one is the third period. This is a game we're calling Who Am I? So I'm going to give you a little uh, biography, and then you have to guess who I am. We have one player. There's going to be one quote from a person, and then there's going to be one manager. Okay? Do we do every every other, or are we just uh, one against mano y mano? Mano y mano, so whoever okay. chimes in first. Okay? okay? Okay. All right, so we'll start with the manager. This person had 2,504 wins, won five pennants, won one World Series, and was ejected. Correct. Okay. And my last hint was going to be was a was ejected 162 times. Of course. Which Garden Hire wanted that record so bad, I think. <laughs> yeah. No just, doubt. No <laughs> doubt. I think he did. <laughs> I have a quote next. And this quote, so tell me who said this quote. When you have fun, it changes all the pressure into pleasure. This is a baseball quote, right? Base, this is a baseball quote. So this, this, okay. this is a self quote here, Willie. <laughs> Not Lisa Ann, no. This, yeah. this baseball player uh, at one point, I believe, played in the game with his father. Ken Griffey, Ken Griffey Jr. Jr. Correct. I'll give the edge that's to the tie there on that one. That's a tie there. Nope, I'll give it to you. Yep, you were, you were <clears> a second ahead. And here's the last one. This is the baseball player. I'm going to give you stat lines. This person has 378 career home runs, a 489 slugging percentage. They won four gold gloves, four silver sluggers. Matt Williams, Matt Williams is correct. Oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> I had to get more Matt Williams into there. <laughs> so, um, Corey is swept so far. So, Corey has actually clinched Pickle the Petey. Um, but I'm going to give you the overtime question anyway. All right. So can you tell me what, and I'll give it closest to what Ty Cobb's highest lifetime. He has the highest lifetime average. So what was Ty Cobb's lifetime batting average? 366. Correct. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Amazing. 100, 100% correct. That's yeah, got to be I would have guessed three, like 42, but yeah, that was amazing. If there three, 42 like, is Babe Ruth. Yeah. No. That's got to be worth two points. So I'll, Corey won, <laughs> Corey, Corey won three to no. two uh, because that was pretty impressive. good work. So. <laughs> well, here, here, Willie, I have a uh, question for you. Who did in about 2008 Ron Gardenhire say that this player came to spring training in a shape? Not in shape. Who was the who was the player they talked about? <laughs> I love that quote. 
Uh, would it be Everyday Eddie? No, it was a left-handed reliever who actually had a four or five-year run in the majors. It's not my boy Gordado. I don't know who it would be. Jose Mejares. Fun fact, I was at the uh, Twins Pro Shop one time and I was looking for like an M Twins hat because I have too many TCs. Yeah, and, and they had a game worn M1 with number 50 under it. I'm like, is that Maharas? They're like, yep. I'm like, yep. So I was kind of skeptical, but for 15 bucks, I couldn't let it go. So that's, that's <laughs> wait, wait, a game worn $15 hat. Yes, that's amazing. <laughs> because it was his, probably. That's, that's awesome. The big ranks, sweat. Yeah, I like to think I come in uh, in a shape too, and can put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, that concludes yeah. trivia, gentlemen. So let's move on to Pickums. This year, the game may have changed. And when it's game time, it's pay time, baby! Whoa! But the amount of pride has stayed the same. But to be the man, you gotta beat the man! And I'm saying, woo! It's now time for the game that determines the king of the hill. <laughs> Boys, let's pick them. All right, not a whole lot of great games, but we do have three of them to be uh, picking here this particular upcoming weekend we're going to start with providence at mass lowell in some hockey east action willie we'll start off with you here providence mass lowell on friday i'm going providence um they always seem like they're tough to beat down the stretch we're getting to that time of year where they're going to turn it on i think the friars are going to take it on friday how many points i've got one point that's how confident i am in that game yes and that's probably a good good pick right there with your one because Providence has been God awful since the break and Maslow has been kind of struggling a little bit uh, as of late, but I'm going to pick Maslow with my three point pick just because I trust them way more than I trust Providence. Uh, Anders is also picking Lowell, uh, his uh, two point pick on that one. PD, how about you Providence Maslow Friday? I echo you as well. I'm going to Lowell with my two point two pointer. All right. Uh, Petey, you're actually going to be at you're going to be at both games up in Duluth mm-hmm. this upcoming weekend, right? So we're going to yep. be picking Fridays, not uh, North Dakota at Duluth. Petey, let's lead off with you here. Well, I have an awful time picking against North Dakota because I pretty much do most weeks, and they usually uh, punch me in the face. But uh, since I'm going to be in attendance and the uh, beloved UMD Bulldogs arena for the first time, I think I'm going to go three points Duluth. I think they're going to sweep them this weekend. Anders feels the same sentiment, three points. I have a similar sentiment. I'm going Duluth. Duluth defense wins this one. I don't know where North Dakota is going to get their offense. Uh, going two points for the Bulldogs. Willie? My first question is to Petey, are you wearing a Bulldogs jersey in the rink? Uh, yes. I, 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 have, I have a jersey and a hoodie. So one, one of the two nights, yes. At a boy. How about, um, Sass, how, how about Sass Pants? Is she going to be wearing her uh, UND garb? Absolutely, she will. So yeah. So I, <laughs> all right. I, uh, I, I hope to start start an asshole chant and just point directly at her while while they do the kiss cam. I think yeah. that be pretty good. <laughs> uh, if that happens, I'm going to hold up a sign that says "sister." <laughs> <laughs> so Willie, uh, Willie, no, Duluth. 
there's no word on when the Olympians are going to be back. As we talked about the Americans lost. So I don't know if Noah Cates is going to be back for Duluth yet or not. Sanderson got hurt against Canada. So I'm not sure where he's at health wise. So they're both going to be shorthanded a little bit. Um, it's in Duluth and I have never picked North Dakota and I will never pick North Dakota. Um, North Dakota could be playing the Warroad JV team and I would just cut the power to my house. So the internet went out, so I didn't have to pick that game. Um, so I'm picking Duluth, uh, to beat North Dakota for, uh, fuck three points. Going all in on that one. Final game, probably the, the highlight of the weekend, Denver at Western, uh, big series, both in the, uh, conference standings and for the, more or less one of the uh, top uh, seeds in the comp- in the NCAA tournament with one seed. Let's start off with Willie here, Denver Western picking Saturday. So it's in Western. Um, the loss and lunatics are going to be out. Western's pissed off because they got handled by St. Cloud a couple of times and St. Cloud was down a couple of key players. So I think they're going to be pretty pissed off getting back home. But Denver is just so goddamn good. I think Denver is going to win the national championship but I'm going to pick Western to squeak one out for my two-point pick on Saturday. Petey? Uh, yes, uh, speaking of nicknames, Brandon, what's new? Bussy Cat is going to uh, quiet Denver and uh, give Western a one, uh, my one-point pick for the win. I'm going to echo that. Denver's actually quite mediocre on the road, and Western is quite good at home. Western's in a very thick uh, right, right in the thick of their toughest stretch of the year. They just got to move St. Cloud. Now they have Denver. Then they go to North Dakota, I believe, after that. So they're going to have to get something here. And on Saturday, I think that the Kalamazoo Crazy is going to be able to get it with one point. Denver's going against the grain here. He's going Denver with his one point. So that's where we're going to be sitting. See if you guys can make some sort of ground because you haven't been able to do that all year. I'll wait for the state tournament and I'm coming. Uh, my other nickname that I was going to go with that I didn't, but now I am is Denver's Cole. No gutman, uh, because he's a trader and he committed to St. Cloud and then decommitted and went to Denver. So me, no likey. There goes whiny <laughs> Willie one more time. <laughs> all right. Thanks for listening. Uh, Corey, thanks for coming on. Really appreciate all the baseball talk. You got to dust that uh, baseball podcast off and get that rolling again. Cause that was a good time. Well, thank you for having me. And I, uh, someday I'll, I'll say someday. That sounds good. Perfect. <laughs> I don't have a plan, but someday. So, well, thanks for listening and go Rams, go Rams, go Rams, Rams. Rams.